So, we have reached a milestone in the life of the Vibe Drive podcast. That's right, baby. This is podcast number 50, the 50th episode of Vibe Drive. Thank you to all my listeners for tuning in week after week, hanging and rocking with me on the podcast. But as it is episode 50 tonight, I am bringing in one of the best Apple tech content creators on YouTube, my friend Greg from Greg Gadget. Let's get it rolling, baby. Vibe Drive, episode 50. Start now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech. And welcome back to another episode, a very special episode of Vibe Drive. This is the podcast about tech. Hosted by the man about tech. And tonight, as I said in my introduction, I have one of the rising stars in the tech space on YouTube. One of the best Apple content creators on the platform, Mr. Greg of Greg Gadgets. What's up, man? How you doing? How's it going, Viper? Doing good. Oh, it's doing good, man. We doing good, man. Uh, you've been kind of lobbying to be on the podcast, so I'm glad we finally got the time oh, and we finally happening. You know, episode 50, a monumental, you know, gotta gotta bring in the best, right? Got got you're right, you're right, you're right. You gotta bring in the best, gotta bring in the best. So where do I begin with you? Actually, you know what? I'm I'm always been curious of something. How did you come up with the name Greg Gadget? Oh, this is a story. <laughs> All right. You want, you want the true story? Well, we're on a podcast. You got it, you can't. All right. <laughs> All right, so I started my channel off with the name Greg's Gauntlet. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. Wow, Greg that's Gauntlet. Didn't even review tech. General channel. I don't know. I upload it. I'm like, if you go back, I still have these videos up. If you go back, my first video is like, oh, hey, I got like a figure. Oh, hey, I got like an art book. Let me show it to you. Um, I thought I would go into gaming content first, but I never did because... Uh, the gaming landscape on YouTube, especially during the time when I was thinking about creating a channel, seemed like very bleak. There were like tons of takedowns going down like every day. And it just seemed like a really hard thing to break into. And, and you know, I love gaming and stuff like that. I'm, I'm I, Well, not so much anymore. I don't play too many games. But, you know, at the time, I like really liked playing games. But I was like, you know what? I also love tech. And, yeah, you know, but basically I started uploading a few videos and... As the channel, you know, grew and I started uploading a lot of tech videos, I was like, I don't think the name's a fit. You know? <laughs> like I was growing. I didn't think the name was like, like anything bad on my growth. But around 2000 subscribers, I, I changed the name to Greg's Gadgets. I, you know, everyone had tech in their name. And I'm like, well, my name starts with a G. Why not go with Gadgets? That's a little, that's a little different, you know? So that's how I got the name. Yeah. I advertised about it too. I, I pestered all my friends I'm like you think this is a good name you think this is a good name you think yeah it's good i say you've done very well for yourself yeah <laughs> but i guess you kind of answered it but uh if you can go into it a little further what brought you to youtube why did you start making youtube videos okay so i've always wanted like i've always wanted to kind of like do something in that niche whether that was again video games or technology those were both my passions uh, the main reason why I really got started, though, was because I would watch these videos of other people's takes on stuff. 
And a lot of the times I just didn't agree. And sometimes they left out information that I would have like included. So I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just do it myself? I, there's a lot of uh, arguments I think that could be made for certain products. I don't think they're being portrayed in the in the way that I would like to portray them. And there's also just other coverage that I would like to see that no one else is doing. So that's why I started the, the channel. That is pretty cool. Like I said, you definitely been doing good things in the YouTube tech space. Yeah. How I'm, long have you been making a YouTube videos? Yeah. <laughs> I always have to look this up because I I, I, I like to say I like to say I started in 2017 because that's really when I got serious about uploading. I believe the channel's been up there since 2015. So, but I, I really don't consider it starting out on YouTube because I really was just like put a video up. My first tech video was when I got the original Apple Watch. So that's even before 2015, right? That's yeah, 2016. Yeah. I no, maybe it is 2015. I no, 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 you're right. You're, you're right. It was supposed to launch in like 2014, but I think it yeah. just made. Anyway, first, the first tech video I really did was the original Apple Watch series. It didn't even have a series. So, right. First Apple Watch. I, um, I put that video up, like getting ready to start my channel. Yeah, someone put it in the chat, January 5th, 2015. So that's when the channel started. But I, I put that Apple Watch video up, like getting ready, getting ready to start my channel. So excited. My next video, Apple Watch eight months later. So it took me another eight months before wow. I another video. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then, that, yeah. That kind of brings me into my next question. Why Apple content? Okay. So if you go back to my to the history of my channel um it's not even exclusive apple content as it's not really now so obviously a majority of my content is focused on apple but even back then i was doing like a lot of like amazon stuff and that was when i really didn't have like the footing of my channel figured out and the reason why i focused on apple so much was because i primarily used apple devices in my life so I definitely knew like all the pros and cons. I could speak to a lot of things about Apple products and I was just buying them anyway. You know, it was like no additional cost. Like I was going to get the latest iPhone. I was going to get the iPad, all that stuff, because that's that's what I like to, you know, I like to get like the latest products. Um, so it really came down to a focus on Apple content um, mo monetary wise, because you go out and buy every product. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your bank account's going to be uh, hurting. and. But but the main reason was time. At the time when I started, I had a full-time job. Um, so I really couldn't dedicate as much time as I would like to all these different products. So I figured the best way to do it was to kind of niche down a little bit, maybe lean more into the Apple side of it. But that doesn't mean that I would always exclusively do Apple content. Gotcha. Okay. That is the tricky thing about YouTube, right? You start off in one area then maybe you get tired of doing content in that particular area. And then you want to venture off and do other content. And it's just that, that, that game of constantly trying to figure out what works best for the algorithm and things like that. So this next thing is kind of twofold. So somehow along your YouTube journey, you hooked up with Jonathan Morrison because I think he reached out to you about, or you reached out to him about your Apple watch story about how you use the Apple watch to help you lose weight. So let's start with that first. Okay. What happened or what was happening in your life at that time that made you just stop and begin to use the Apple Watch as a catalyst to start losing weight? So, uh, you know, primarily I was just excited about the technology 
of the first Apple Watch when it came out. It was a new product category. You know, like I said, I pre-ordered it. I got it the first day. And as I started using it, it was like, you know, the one of the main features of the Apple Watch is the activity. And as I, I you know, I always tell people about the Apple Watch. It's like a lot of people will go, well, you don't need that. You could do that on your own. Uh, I had a cousin, you know, I won't name names, but um, <laughs> when I got the Apple Watch and I was losing weight and I, you know, when I was showing like initial progress, I'm like, oh, I really owe it to this thing. And they're like, you don't need that to lose weight. That's ridiculous, which is true. You don't need any sort of thing to lose weight. It's, it's really simple. Just don't eat as much and move more. It's, it's really not that hard to process. But I think people are really bad at, I think a lot of people are really bad at figuring out, are you moving enough? You think you might move a lot, but then when I got my Apple Watch, I wasn't filling my rings every day. And when I looked at my step count, I'm like, this seems like really low. I feel like I should be moving around more. So it kind of started from there. I wanted to, I started going on walks just to fill my rings. Um, and then I really got more into health. Obviously, obviously, I'm not like a super health nut or anything like that. But like just that movement around, like helped me lose a lot of weight. Yeah, that's the one thing that the Apple Watch is good for is those dang rings, man. Those rings are pecky and they always are constantly reminding you to close them and move around and breathe and all this other stuff. I personally, I hate to breathe app. Just, just me, but I hate it. It gets on my nerve. <laughs> I leave but, it on, but I hate it. <laughs> I hate to. I think I think we all, if you don't hate to breathe app on the Apple Watch, you're not normal. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, the constant reminder to close your rings and definitely, it will definitely get you to get up and get things done. But that leads us into the next part here. How in the world did you end up linking up with Jomo for that whole video and piece on your journey or about your journey? I don't even know at this point. No, no, <laughs> that, that was a that was a pretty crazy experience. So, uh, you know, basically, I, I, I lost um, like around like 100 pounds. I was pretty proud of that. I just made a video talking about how I lost 100 pounds, how, you know, I really owed it a lot to the Apple Watch. And. All I did was put that video out there, put out a tweet saying, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, I'm still a small YouTuber, I think, but I was way smaller back then. And I just put it out going, you know, uh, Hey, I, I did this, you know, I did this thing with the Apple watch. I think it I, like, I would be like honored if you like shared it basically. Like I was, I was expecting a retweet, just a retweet. That's all I was like expecting. Maybe a like something like that. That's, you know, that's all I was expecting. And then all of a sudden, in my DMs, Jonathan Morrison just contacts me. He's like, "Hey, that's like a great story. Do you want to come? Do you want to come over here and do a video on it?" <laughs> <It's> like, <"What?" laughs> Crazy stuff. That is cool. So, um, so yeah, obviously you went out there and you did the video and and linked up with him. So, talk about that experience, meeting him and being around him and his crew and shooting that story and video. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just flying out there. Uh, getting to meet uh, Jonathan was like a really cool experience. Uh, watching him and like his whole team work was like an eye opener for me. I I, I consider it life changing to to where my where I might want to be one day with like that kind of production. It was like very interesting to see like like these like really talented and skilled people work on the types of videos that I'm doing, and you're seeing like. I don't know, like these artists at work crafting a video because like while I was hanging out with them all day, they were working on videos and stuff like that. And I kind of got to see like the process of all that stuff going on. And that was such an interesting experience. Um, but just in general, uh, Jonathan, uh, 
JD, who also works with everyone. Everyone on that team was just super, super nice. Yeah, I had the pleasure of going out there and meeting him myself last year. And like you said, just watching Jonathan work, the dude is so meticulous yeah. with his edits and everything. Like, there is not nothing that he's not checking on to make sure that it's in a perfect spot or it sounds perfect or it fits in perfectly. The dude is the just the meticulousness that he takes about editing his videos and making sure that everything is in place. It's truly amazing to watch him work. Like, the dude is legit. Like, that's why nobody can never say anything bad about Jonathan Morrison as long as I'm breathing air. That dude is legit. He's one of the nicest guys in our niche. Genuine. Genuine AF. Genuine is the word I would use. You, you, I'm sure a lot of people who, you know, who like not everyone's meeting this guy, but I'm sure people watch it and they go, oh, you know, is is that really like him, like being that nice to all these people? Because it, you watch his videos and like the the people he invites to his studio, the people he helps out, probably one of like the kindest people on this platform. And some people might wonder, is that an act? No, it is not an act. This not is an the act. most genuine person I've ever met. One of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. Jonathan Morrison is legit. I tweeted at him jokingly asking if he can give me a, a shirt from the Apple Park camping because I knew he was going to get invited to the Apple event. And obviously nobody's invited me to an Apple event, but I wasn't expecting any type of response or anything. So about five minutes later, the dude comes in my DMs and asks me, what do you need? And not only does he send me the shirt I asked for, he sent me an entire care package, man. So when I tell you, when we tell you that Jonathan Morrison is legit, we are not BSing. That dude is legit. He is as good as it gets on YouTube in general, especially in the tech space. That dude is legit. Yes. So you just pulled a Viper recently. You started a podcast. That's right. <laughs> and you started a podcast with Travis. Ah, that why Travis? <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just why, joking. Before why Travis, I don't before y'all go try to start drama. Isn't the, I'm joking, but yeah, what, what? How did you link up with Travis for the podcast? So, um, back in I, I guess this year, yeah, this year, I, like the beginning of the year, I was I tweeted out like I I think I might do a podcast. Um, all this stuff never never did it, and then you know I was thinking like, do I want to do a podcast? Like I. I'd really want like a co-host. I don't think I'd want to do it by myself. Like you, you always have like guests on sometimes, right. you know, whatever, but you, it's so much fun when you have someone else to talk to and bounce ideas off of them. Like, yeah, do I, do I want to like hunt down guests constantly? Do I want to have like a permanent co-host? So I was trying to like, think of all, all that stuff. Then just one day I was watching um one of Travis's streams. I don't, was it you that asked if he was going to start a podcast? Someone, someone said like, are you going to start a podcast? And uh, uh, Travis goes, oh, I'm thinking about it. And so I think someone asked him specifically, like, you should start a podcast with like Greg. And I was like, he's like, oh, uh, you know, I might start a podcast. And I was like, I was literally thinking about starting a podcast. <laughs> and then it just went really fast from there. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's try it out. That's crazy because listening to you two, you you guys have some excellent chemistry for just now starting a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Like usually it takes like years for people to like build up that type of chemistry, but you guys just have like natural chemistry, which is like amazing, especially in a podcast setting. When, like you said, it's a lot better when you have somebody to sh go to bounce ideas off of and go back and forth with, and you guys just make it sound so effortless and natural, and it's a joy to listen to for real. Oh, thank you so much. No problem, man. Um, so the podcast is it just like a tech podcast in general, or are you guys tackling everything, or how, how is it going to go? 
the main the main focus is tech now um in the beginning we usually banter like back and forth between our personal life um but you know the main topics of the podcast are tech and and everything that envelops the tech world now there are also other times that we kind of talk about the creative process of both being youtubers and kind of like the struggles and and challenges that we have to deal with there but primarily it's called gadget cast so yes the main the main topic is tech cool i think i'm the same way like everything i do on youtube and beyond is usually focused on tech but sometimes we need to talk to uh talk about current events and things like that because it's life i mean you gotta you gotta talk about life sometimes so yeah it's a it's a way to expand like obviously every show is gonna have some sort of tech in it Mm-hmm. But it's a way to expand who we are and it's a way to kind of talk to our audience and, and get them to know us a little bit more than you really can't do in a YouTube video. If, I, if I'm in a YouTube video telling you personal stories every video, you're going to you're going to be like, what is this? Yeah, you did. Yeah. People people are not coming to YouTube to know about your personal life. Most right. of the time they don't care. But like you said, that's stuff that you can definitely put in a podcast because it adds more substance to a podcast. Exactly. And it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't really have a place in a YouTube video. So I would definitely agree with you about that. So we just had a Black Friday. Did you get anything, Greg? I did. What'd you get? What'd you get? I got uh, two of those Elgato uh, key lights for like, they're like 150. I got two of those. One's right behind me. Okay. Uh, I have one lighting me now, but I actually just set that up and I'm still figuring it out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I got two of those. What else did I get? Um. Oh, I got this shock mount that's on the microphone right now. Ooh, there you go. Um, I got some other stuff, but like kind of boring stuff. I got some like shirts and stuff like that. I'm trying to think if there's any other major tech purchase that I got on Black Friday. Oh yes, a 512 gigabyte SD card, and I. Ooh, <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. Yeah. That, that, is, that has been a welcome addition. 10, 10 hours of 4K uh, video. Yeah, I was getting sick and tired of like deleting, like, you know, like you have like some projects you're working on and then like it's starting to like build up on your card and it's like, ah, can I delete this one? Am I done with that? Uh, right, right. Yeah, I was, I was getting really annoyed by that. So I'm like, you know what? There was a one terabyte card that I like tweeted out and it was like $300. I'm like, I don't need that much. I'll get the 512. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but having that 512 uh, SD card is definitely, especially for creators, that, that's some good stuff right yeah. there, man. Oh, yeah. Like you said, 10 hours of 4K, even if you don't want to do 4K, I mean, that. how many hours of that at 1080p? I mean, good Lord. Ooh. I only like, shoot that's... 4K because I bought a 4K camera. I'm just like, <laughs> it's going to be 4K. <laughs> you know, you're better than me because I have a 4K camera. Obviously, I'm shooting a stream on my 4K Sony A73, but I am doing most of my content in 1080p because it's just it's just a lot faster, man. They they had the uh, stream link on sale as well, and I regret not picking it up. The what stream link? What do you mean? I mean the use like the Elgato 4K cam link. Yeah, they had it like thirty dollars off for Black Friday. Oh yeah, actually I, I uh, up and I regret it. Actually, I took advantage of that because when my other cam link, I had the 1080p cam link, and it was messing up and crapped out on me. I went and I replaced it with the 4K cam link. Now, at the time when I when I originally brought the 4K cam link, it was at a regular price, 130. So, like Greg said, like a well, maybe less than a week later, it went on sale for like 99. dollars I'm like, are you kidding me? So I brought it from Best Buy. So I went back to Best Buy. I'm like, listen, can we do a price adjustment since I just brought this and you guys have it on sale for 30 dollars uh, less? 
But I, as I was like, as I got to the, uh, as I got to the counter to do the exchange or whatever, or the price adjustment, of course, Best Buy has this sign on the counter that says, "Between November twenty fourth and December second, we are not doing price adjustments or price matches." And I'm like, "What the damn it?" So when I get up to the counter, I'm like, "So I wanted to bring it back and I wanted to get a price adjustment since you guys have it on sale, but I see the sign here." saying that you guys aren't doing that for this period of time. So I'm like, what are we going to do then? I'm here. Whatever. Do you guys just want me to return and rebuy? And I'm going to do that. Then if, if I can't do the price adjustment. And so that's what I ended up having to do. I ended up having to return it and rebar it. So that's what I did. Uh, I, you think like you could like reason, like they always have like those rigid systems of like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, like we don't do price adjustments. It's like, so do you want me to return it? And then I'll just buy it from someone else. Yeah, that's all you can do. I've had that situation happen so many times. I'm just like, you you guys are like just like making this worse. The worst thing is um Amazon. They used to be like really good at price adjustments. They'd price adjust anything after you ordered it. Uh, a couple of years back, they changed that policy. They won't do price adjustments unless it's on like a TV. So I, I would have products that like you buy and they go on like a major sale the next day. Ooh. And I, I contact customer service like you have an excellent return policy. I will take use of it and just rebuy this. Will you give me the price adjustment? No, there's nothing we can do. All right, I will be returning this and just buying it again. You will really? you will be losing money because you will be shipping back and, and right. sure you don't want to do this. No, we no, we don't want to do the price. Okay. Wow. I don't understand it. Like why why do you make this harder when it could be so much yeah. easier? Just adjust the damn price and move on with your life. <laughs> there's, there's there's a human element missing from it. They just have a rule. I I get it. Customer service has to follow the rule. And uh but, but there's a big human element missing from it. Although Best Buy does have that policy, I will say when that when that isn't in effect, when the Black Friday thing isn't in effect, they are excellent at doing a price match on older things that you have purchased. I yeah. I bought like a MacBook Air from them one time, and then they went it went on sale like somewhere else, at like two hundred dollars off, and like I think it was like a couple of weeks later, and I said, "Can you do a price adjustment?" And yeah, they just did the price adjustment. I was like, "Great." I mean, I kind of understand why they had the policy in place for that period of time. I mean, that's, that's right after that's the week of Black Friday, the store is uber busy. You don't want to be holding up people with the with trying to make price adjustments and things like that. But like when I went over there, there was nobody even over there. It wasn't even that busy. That would have been like it would have been like took them like what all of like two minutes to make the price adjustment. But dude was like, no, you got to go find another one so you can return it or rebuy. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do that. Okay, cool. I don't right. have a problem with this. So recently, you made a leap that I'm hoping to one day make myself. Mm. You are now a full-time content creator. Yep. How did you get there, man? How did, how did you get there? <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, the channel has been doing extremely well. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I probably could have done it sooner too, but I'm, I'm just like really paranoid and I like to prepare for the worst. So I, I really want to see like if I could sustain the channel for a year and, and keep getting, you know, like growth and stuff like that uh, because I'm, when it comes to my own stuff, sometimes I'm very pessimistic and it's like, ah, it's, it, is it really going to last or stuff like that? But uh, yeah, everything went out great. Um, timing from just some personal stuff with my with my job and stuff like that. Uh, everything worked out pretty well to where I was able to make the jump to doing this full time. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, I just started doing it full time last month so not not like two in the weeds like i was telling viper before the show i am still so behind on work somehow i thought i'd have all this extra time once i went full time <laughs> but um, i'm still finding ways to to procrastinate and be behind schedule uh but i will say there there I, I can already tell like the quality of life improvement from going full time because uh you know 
there was times where I would be working, you know, you go, you go to work eight hours, then you come home. Then for me, it would be like, I work till I go to bed. Now do that for like a whole year was, was basically like my life at some times, like you, especially like during like product launches, uh, trying to get out all these videos and trying to cover everything. You know, you'd, you'd go to work all day because you have that commitment and then you have to come home and you're, you know, if people don't think what, you know, it's great to do this full time. I love it. And I'm passionate about it, which is why it's so much fun for me, but it is a lot of work and it is very energy draining, especially when you have to be on camera. Some, some days are like really, when I was doing it full time, if I came home tired and it's, it's like an iPhone launch or something, I know I have to do it. It is hard to get on camera and talk mm-hmm. about this stuff and you want to do it not only for you, because, you know, honestly, like a lot of the audience is waiting for it. Like my favorite thing when I publish a video is like, ah, I was waiting for your video, Greg, like, right, I, yep. I didn't your take, you know, so that's like, that's like a huge thing for me. And I, I don't want to disappoint uh, the people who watch my stuff because, you know, let's face it, tech, the, the, the type of content we do, it has, it has a time, you know, like it will not be relevant, right. which is unfortunate. Like, I think that's like the hardest part about doing tech on YouTube is you could post something if you're like a comedian on youtube you post something funny it should be funny for a while like people will go back <laughs> they'll rewatch it you know stuff like that when you're in tech man there's always something new next week there's always yep. another story to cover uh so that that process for me was very draining when i used to do full-time and then not, but now now i do this full-time so it's it's been good so far but i i haven't done it long enough i guess man i uh I got I got faith in you, man. I think you're gonna do uh, big things on the platform. Like you said, you have been killing it with the channel growth and things like that. You your videos are excellent. You're very detailed and thorough, and you are <laughs> you're doing your thing. And you just started the podcast. You are definitely you are in the thick of it, bro. No doubt. Yeah, and and maybe maybe some more stuff coming soon that I want to work on because now I have extra time to do it. So once once I get everything in order, um, once you know January comes along, I'm sure. I don't know. That's usually like a dead season for me, but we'll see. I mean, I was, I was debating going to CES. I don't know if I'll do it. You're the de- wait a minute. So you you have the means to go and you're debating. Well, I meet they, I meet the credentials now. Now that they changed it. No, no, but I mean, but I'm, what I'm saying is, you have the financial means to go and you're debating. Yes. <laughs> damn, damn it! Oh, <laughs> I want to go so bad, but I don't have the financial means and I can't find a sponsor. But you should go, man. Have you ever been before? No. You should right. go, dude. What are you waiting for? We'll see. I, I really, it, it was like, I wish like I knew about it like two months ago so I could plan it out a little more. Like, I don't like to make like a sporadic decision and this creator change, which I totally agree with. It's great that they did it. Um, the, the rules are so much way lax. Like you had to have like a million subscribers before yep. people complain. Like it was ridiculous. Like you realize that people have been getting the CF for years, not even not worrying about any of that. Right. Though. Yeah, I know that, but okay. I think like, you need to have like some sort of connection, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have or to. or you could just um go on that general admission, general admission too, where people were a lot of people were doing. I don't, I don't know if you'd get the uh, same level of access covering it as a press, you know? Right. I think you get a little more access and stuff like that, and then you can make a little more connections that way, which is which is why I'd like to go to cover the stuff. I'm sure as a general consumer you could do a lot of that too, but uh, I'm sure there's other other hurdles. You should go to CES. Yeah, I'm going to I'll talk to Travis. I, I think he's going, uh, you know, I'm going to say, like, let me just crash in your hotel room. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gadget Cat. Oh, uh, yeah. Gadget hey, Cat every day from CES. Come on, Travis. We got every day, every day. Right. 
So I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the with Amazon starting up their live streaming uh, program or whatever. Are you going to be a, are you a part of it or are you going to be a part of that? Um, I'm not a part of it. I wasn't approached to be part of it. Uh, obviously, we know a lot of people that are doing it. So they kind of said like, hey, if you if you're interested, you know, they said like, you know, maybe we can get you an in. Uh, I'm not I don't know. I, I, I'm not the live streaming type, as you know. I don't really do live streams on my channel. I participate true. in some of yours sometimes, but you do. Yeah, ho hosting the Amazon show. I don't know if I could do it. Like, I don't know if I could sit there all by myself and have all the products come up and be like, "All right, so uh, this is a pressure cooker. All right, uh, so you put some mashed potatoes <laughs> in here. Really good. So I don't, I don't know if it's for me. It, it's, it's, it's an interesting move by Amazon's part. I like the, I like the expansion there. I, I wouldn't say never, but uh, right now I'm not, I'm like I said, I'm behind. So it's it's an easy thing to say no to. Greg said, you know what? It's cute and all, but I got other stuff going on in my life. Yeah. That's not that's not priority right now. He said, <laughs> Greg said that's not priority right now. <laughs> yeah. So we had a podcast what two days ago, and we talked a lot on that particular podcast, me, you, and Proctor about the whole Lou Later situation with the later case. Yeah. And unexpectedly. He had been uberly active on Twitter as of late, talking to different, talking to random people, talking to me, talking to John, talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. Since we had the podcast and since he's been tweeting up a storm, has your perspective on the situation changed at all? I feel bad because I think Lou is is taking this very personally, which I don't know if he should be. Um, I, I I tweeted at him today. Uh, he was he was going back and forth and stuff like that. Uh, he actually he actually did something which I think is uh very insulting. He 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 you know he basically said to like Prosser like, oh yeah, what are you gonna do? Get 17 more people to comment on my video? Like kind of like knocking him for like you know like oh I have a bigger sub count than you. I think that's like such a bad move to do. You know like be gracious, be be thankful. Like we all came from zero at one point. You don't have to just because your numbers are bigger. You don't have to bash anyone. But yeah, the whole the whole situation is just like. I, I I still don't know what to think about it because I don't hate Lou. I, I like it's fine. You know, he makes videos. He's very successful. I don't even think the story is going to impact the success of the Lou case. There were there were already people talking about, you know, the Pataka thing before Prosser put up his video and stuff like that. And before Travis put up his video, a lot of people saw that case and went, that's a Pataka case, you know? Mm -hmm. So so there was clarification that the audience wanted. There were people those people would still be saying that's a Pataka case. He had to clarify that entire situation. I don't know if that happens without front page text video on it. I don't know if he gives that whole live stream where he's talking about his cases all the time, but I I'm hesitant to say stuff because I think he is really taking it personally. And what I try to tell him is you are launching a product. This has nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do with your channel, whatever. You are launching a product that received a lot of criticism. And that's what happens when you get into this space. If you make a product, expect criticism. Apple releases so many products. They get criticism all the time. Do you think Tim Cook's not in Twitter responding to people about it? He's not getting upset about it when people are criticizing the product. If, if you have nothing to hide, if, if the product is a great product, let the product speak for itself. If people get it and they see that there's a huge quality difference, the, the Pataka story is going to die in like two days. No one's going to care anymore. So, so that's kind of my issue with it is um, he's taking it very personally. And I, I think the questions about his case were justified. Almost everyone looked at that case. I saw you tweet about it. Like the minute that case was revealed, you go, is that a Pataka case? 
No, it was funny because I didn't know what was going on at first. Like there was all I knew is that there was a lot of flack about around Pataka, but I didn't know exactly what was going on. So I finally started digging into it a little bit, and I then I saw his case, and I'm like, did he really just make his own case and rip Pataka off just in broad daylight? That's like robbing somebody in broad daylight, literally. Like, did he just do that for real? <laughs> Right. It's a tricky situation because like I, I said this on my own podcast, there is I said this before before everything, when 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 people are still digging in the story, I said there is a human element to this. This is this is a team. These are people who are launching a product. And if you have criticism about the product, you shouldn't bring that criticism to the person necessarily, because there are a lot of moving parts in this process. Who knows? Lou uh, could have, you know, wanted to make this case and brought it to the supplier. Maybe the, the supplier copied the the case or whatever. But as the story leaks out more, I think I kind of see what's going on. And judging by Lou's tweets, it looks like he approached Pataka first to actually work with them. And they said no. So he just went to another manufacturer and like, I think he basically... Like, I like the style of case. Can we make a case like this? I don't know if, you know, whether you think that's right or wrong, that's up to you to decide. Now, it's funny that you mentioned that. I don't want to get too deep into it because we covered this in the whole podcast. But the Pataka CEO tweeted that Lou never contacted them at all. Yeah, it's... uh, And and criticism where criticisms do, the CEO released, like, a statement, and then he called, like, Lou, like, fat in it. It's like, that's not... Don't do that. That's oh, not, I didn't see the part where he called him. Hey, he did a oh wow. Yeah, I read the press. It's like, don't do that. Like, you 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 had a lot of people on your side, and now you're just gonna be petty and name call. Like, if you have a case, you have a case. <laughs> case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did that. You did that. <laughs> uh, you know, if you have like a legitimate argument and and you think he really copied the case, that's fine. But you don't have to go name call like that. That's yeah, like, even, even I tweeted on Twitter. I'm like, all right, now this is getting out of hand. Like you said, the CEO getting kind of petty. I'm like, dude. If you're gonna do that, get your goons to do that. Don't you? Don't you? Don't need to be doing that. Get your goons to do that if you're gonna do it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah, we. But yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said on the podcast, in the long run, this will be forgotten, and people won't really care that much. And Lou's gonna make a boatload of money anyway. I, I think. I think what happened is good. Like, obviously, yeah. obviously, Lou has. You know, he's he's very upset with it. You can tell by the uh, by the way he's reacting on Twitter and. You know, maybe that's understandable. I've never launched a product. Maybe if I really believed in something and people were attacking it, maybe I'd get upset too. But um, I think the story was legitimate. And I think the story, you know, it, it deserves to be out there. The, You know, at the end of the day, I always want the consumer to know the most information possible and then they can make the decision. And I think uh, John and Travis with their videos, especially Travis, he really went to, to great lengths to not criticize Lou. He said, I, he basically said, I don't have all the answers, but this is the information we're presented with. And, you know, again, you can agree with the case, you can disagree with it, but you have to understand that there was a lot of shady activity going on before the launch. And that's yep. all that we wanted to cover and we wanted to get more clarification and answers on. That's it. Okay. So we covered that at this point of the dead horse. We're going to move on from that. What I'm about to get into next is going to be uber controversial. Oh, no. And I got the perfect person to talk to about this because this isn't going to be good. So Johnny Ive recently left Apple. Like he's completely gone now. He's not even on the, lit- the leadership board at Apple no more. 
They've completely erased him name from the from the leadership rankings. He's no longer in, with the company. He's gone. In 2019, Apple have brought out an iPhone 11 Pro Max, 11 Pro that has a thicker body, bigger battery, and a bunch of other refinements that don't necessarily placate to form factor, but function over form. Then what? Not even what? Maybe a couple of weeks ago. Apple releases a MacBook Pro, a 16-inch MacBook Pro that, again, is thicker. It has a bigger battery, has a lot of tweaks and refinements, has a, has a new keyboard on it, has a lot of tweaks and refinements that don't necessarily placate to form factor, but function. So, Greg, these two events have me thinking something that's kind of blasphemous in the Apple world, but I got to broach it. Because this is what I do. I'm the captain of Team Apple, even if it's sacrilegious, even if it's blasphemy. As the captain of the team, I got to broach it. Is it fair, Greg? Is it fair for me to say, Greg, that maybe, Greg, just maybe, Apple is better off without Johnny Ive? Ooh, that is controversial. Ooh, I know, right? There you go. Mm. I think it's too soon to tell. That's that's like the safe answer, right? Like okay. he just left. He, he literally just left. Who knows if he had any involvement with these products? I'm guessing most people would say no. If you believe a lot of the inside reporting, people have said like he's kind of been like checked out for years. The last product he was really passionate about was the Apple Watch and kind of leading that team effort. So do we know if he worked on a 2016 MacBook Pro? Maybe not. Maybe his responsibilities there weren't even focused on the laptop lineup because you know macbook pros they sell great but if you look at them in comparison to every other apple product like like an iphone or even now the apple watch is like a huge growth for them it's not really like their main focus i think someone like johnny might be just on like the iphone team or or, or leading new product launches like the apple watch which you know need a new design like at this point you kind of know what an iphone is maybe it's not like the hardest thing in the world to kind of <laughs> get a new design for so how much involvement has he had with those products? And again, it depends on what side of the reporting you believe. There's there's many ways you can spin this. There's the side that says Johnny Ive was focused on making everything thinner and lighter. He's responsible for things like the butterfly keyboard, which has, you know, huge uh, disaster hmm, wise yeah. because you have keyboards breaking left and right for for some users. Um, the, the thermal situation in that MacBook Pro, again, not not that great, especially... It was fine, like when they first got them out. But as like you got like six core and eight core processors, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, the cooling in this just isn't good enough to really run these at at full throttle. But it it is a very complicated thing because you you hear the rumors that he's going to leave, and then they announce he's going to leave, and then the the same year he leaves, you have a thicker iPhone with like a huge battery in it, which is great. Again, you mentioned the thicker MacBook Pro. It's tricky too because you know you know that products are usually in the pipeline for a long time. Right. So I don't know if we really see like the effect of like a post Johnny Ive design philosophy. But even though products are in the pipeline for a long time, the two that I alluded to are they're not like products that would have been like made like long, long ago or whatnot. I mean, we've had iPhone for years, we've had MacBooks for years. So these are products that have already been made. Their parts out there for them. The, the form that factor has already be. been like, yeah, the form factor is already out there. So it's not like a brand new product. It's not like these products required a lot of R&D from Apple. I just find it eerily coincidental that when he leaves, these products become a lot more consumer friendly. 
Now that's not to say that Johnny Ive made bad products and that he have made he uh he made anti-consumer friendly products because he made some of the most gorgeous best consumer right. products ever. But it does make me wonder, Greg, with his exit and the subsequent release of the iPhone 11 Pro and Pro Max and the MacBook Pro, could that be because Johnny Ive is out the door now? I mean, I mean, I gotta ask the question. I mean, it, it's interesting. Yeah. So, so I think. The overall question about whether these products were his fault is something we'll probably never know the answer to unless someone writes like a tell-all book. Right. We'll probably never know the answers to who made the butterfly keyboard or who was responsible for the thinner laptop designs. But I do think it's a good thing that he's leaving because I think there's been this consensus about Apple design lately that's been maybe not as fresh as some people would like. Maybe, you know, if Johnny really was just focused on new products, those don't come out all the time. So obviously, like the Apple Watch, he did a fantastic job on. If that's the last product he worked on, you know, A plus, you know, like he did a great job with it. But but yeah, you're it is it is very interesting timing that he leaves and all of a sudden you get these products where people have complained about iPhone batteries. People yep. have said, just make it a little bit thicker, put a bigger battery in there. That's what we want. Uh, people have complained about the MacBook Pro probably the most out of any Apple product in like the last couple of years. That's probably right. one of the worst ones where it's like, I'm a pro user. I don't need the thinnest laptop. I need, if it's a little bit heavier, it's a little bit thicker. That's fine. I, I just want the raw power of it. But um, I don't think, I, I'll say it this way. I don't think we've seen the full like effect of the post Johnny Ive era. Right. I think we'll see that maybe this year but probably like in a couple years as as all these products get design refreshes then we'll see it because like i look at a product like the like i think the best hardware product that apple makes right now maybe besides the apple watch but i'd say the best hardware product is probably the ipad pro mm. like a beautiful product it's like unmatched like just really solid hardware every, every everything about it's like great yeah but that was made in in like 2018 so did Johnny Ive have an involvement on that? Because, you know, that was, I think, before they announced that he was leaving. And right. that's a really great design product. And that would have been one of the products that were further down the pipeline. So I'm guessing he definitely had some input with that. Yeah. Well, it again, it depends on the story because some people say he's been checked out for years. Like he's just basically been a figurehead that they've been afraid to fire because his name carries so much weight. Yeah. So Michael Pepper is in a chat talking nonsense for real. I, was, I thought I was being blasphemous, but he's really being blasphemous. He said he thinks it was a situation where I've leave or I've let go. I'm sorry. There is no way in hell Apple is firing Johnny Ive. Like, no, you're not doing that. You're just not. Unless he's not doing his work. Like, if it really was like a hampering on the design team. Like, if, 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 because that was a story too that he just, he wasn't coming to work and stuff like that. He was having meetings at his own house. If, if that's really what it was and these products were seeing like, you know, like the, the, the keyboard was made without enough testing. That could be an issue, but I, it's it's so hard. You really don't know the full story. I will say, though, I am excited that he's gone. Like, not not whether it's a good or a bad thing. Johnny Ive has made some of the best design products ever. And, like, the history, like, he'll go down as, like, one of the greatest designers in history. Ever. Yeah. Like, like you like you know, even if you think, like, the last couple few years of Apple products haven't been all that great, the iMac, the original iMac, like, wow. Like, when that came out, that was, like, crazy. That Like, what a beautiful computer uh ipad iphone all these things ipod like crazy crazy good design record like they uh, will be teaching classes about yes. him yes absolutely 
So, you know, he, he definitely deserves a lot of credit, but I'm excited to see like, okay, now you have like a clean slate. There's, you have new talent, new, like the thing you have to realize about life is like people get older. They kind of get like burnt out at times. And you have like these younger, talented people that are waiting in the wings to kind of take over and kind of and kind of give their own direction to products. If, if Johnny Ive was still there, maybe that talent didn't shine to the surface because you have such a legend like Johnny Ive. Are you really are you going to be bold enough to question his design decision at the end of the day? Like with all the weight he carried? I don't know. That's that's hard. Probably not. But, yeah. So I think it's a good thing. Or I don't know if it's a good thing, but I think it's an interesting thing. Like I'm really excited to see the Apple products that are coming out in like the next two years. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be very interesting to see right. where Apple goes you, from here now that Johnny Ive is not leading the design team. You, I can't wait because you know the same people that are saying, "Oh, Apple without Johnny Ive, their products are gonna are gonna you know." Uh. No, the the <laughs> the people that said uh, Johnny Ive was the problem at Apple in two years when Apple releases like a new design, they're gonna go, "Oh, Apple can't succeed without Johnny Ive." Exactly, because <laughs> that. I like I like to remind people that um I've been an Apple, you know, I've I've been using Apple stuff since the original iMac. That was the first like Apple product like I really used, that 1998 iMac. I loved it. And I I remember back in the day, there has always been the same arguments about Apple products. And this isn't a Tim Cook thing. This has been there since Steve Jobs. People have always said Apple products are too expensive. They have said that since Steve Jobs. And they have also said that Steve Jobs was not an innovator. Even back then, Ooh. people, pe they, there were tons of Apple critics. It's not new. Like, what, when they say, like, Tim Cook only cares about money, they used to say the same exact things about Steve Jobs. Oh, I believe, I believe it. Yeah. Apple is such an easy target for a lot of people because Apple is at the top of the food chain. There is no brand following quite like Apple's, and Apple makes more profit than anybody, so... It used to be different back in the day too. Yeah. Right. Like there's tons of Apple users now. Like a lot of people have an iPhone. Like it's not like crazy. And I, I see Apple watches like everywhere. Like yep. it, it's really crazy to see that product, which was like prematurely laughed off. Like it came out like they had like one year on the market and like, ah, oh, it's a failure. And now I like, I go walk down the street. I see AirPods in everyone's ears, Apple watches on everyone's wrists. So it's, it's out there. It's everywhere. But back in the day, you know, Apple products were not popular. You know, the, the, when Steve Jobs came back, he had a lot of like great products that were critically well-received and he started to grow the company back. But you still had a market that was predominantly dominated by like Windows computers, laptops and all that stuff. So I think a lot of people who bought like a Windows like computer just couldn't understand why would you go with the product that doesn't sell as well? Why, why would you go with that product? Everyone's using Windows. What's so bad about Windows and stuff like that? And it's like, you just have to use the product to like understand why you have to use the software. You can't just look at it. You can't just look, you have to use it. And then it all clicks. You're like, ah, this, this is why I use it. An Apple product. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> As a person who you both, who using the windows to computer at work and a MacBook at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me I, my MacBook every day of the week. <laughs> hey, that was, that was me. Like uh, that was me last month. I had to use a windows computer every day at work. Yep. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't like that. We don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, Greg, it's been a pleasure, man. All right. Before we get out of here, though, Mr. Greg Gadget, oh. let the people know where they can find you. 
You can obviously find me at Greg's Gadgets, all one word, no apostrophes or anything like that. Another another thing I uh, <laughs> I spent many hours thinking about when creating the channel name is, do I put an apostrophe? I think that's too much work. Let's put it all together. Uh, you can um, find our podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously like to listen to podcasts. So I'd recommend checking out GadgetCast if you want to follow me on Twitter. I wish I got my branding straight out there, but it's at Gregory McFadden. That's my real name. So you can follow me there as well. All right. And for those of you all that are listening on audio only, I will have all of his information in the show notes. So check the show notes if you want to follow Greg and all his F plates as he ventures out into full-time content creator status. Yeah. You know, if you see me like on the street, like begging for money, you know, just, just don't tell anyone. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching in, uh, in the YouTube live stream tonight. Thank you guys for listening on audio only. If you want to support the podcast, if you're on a live stream here on YouTube, Super chats are open. If you don't want YouTube to take 30% of your donation, the buy me a coffee link is in the description as well. If you want to do that for those of y'all that are listening on audio only, if you want to donate to the podcast, if you want to support the podcast, there will be a buy me a coffee link in the show notes. If you want to become a monthly supporter of the podcast, there is a link in the show notes for that as well. Once again, thank you guys for listening to episode 50 of Vibe Tribe. Oh my God. That's that just sounds strange to say, episode 50, but 50 episodes in, man, and we're still going strong. But I will be back next week with episode number 51, and hopefully you all had a happy Thanksgiving. God, you feel like we just uh, had Thanksgiving not too long ago, so I hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. And we are fastly approaching Christmas, so uh, hope you guys uh, get all your Christmas shopping done quickly, because you know, once the closer you get to Christmas, everything starts getting sold out, and after that, it's a wrap. So. Make sure you're on the lookout for what you want and go get it quick. But until the next time, people, this your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more.